the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Silicon Valley Business Connections, brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce, where diversity and opportunity are one. From education to employment, entrepreneurship to innovation, this program is your weekly connection to the latest trends and opportunities taking place all across Silicon Valley. Host Carl Davis Jr. talks to the rock stars of Silicon Valley and offers you engaging interviews and insights from local, regional, and internationally acclaimed business leaders, entrepreneurs, and community leaders to help you stay connected. Now, here's your host, Carl Davis Jr. Hi, I'm Carl Davis Jr., and I'm with my producer and co-host, Carl Welsh, How Big Papa. Hey, man. And we're the host for Silicon Valley Business Connections, where we keep you connected. I'm also the president of the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce, and today my guest is Dr. Charles Barner. Charles, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you very much. Uh, first of all, thank you all for having us on, the, on your show. Uh, my name is Charles Barner, as you've indicated, and I'm the co-founder of Barnergy's Global Charitable Fund, which is a nonprofit uh, with the primary mission of taking solar energy to people in the rural areas of Tanzania. And with me is my co-founder, Mr. Emmanuel Shemdui, who is a young man from Tanzania visiting the U.S. Uh, for the first time. Um, the way that we got involved with this uh, Banerjee's Global Charitable Fund is that um, I was studying Swahili there in Tanzania. My wife and I had gone there uh, yeah, back in 71. And uh, we studied out in the rural area in a little Ujamaa village. Ujamaa is the Swahili word, means familyhood. And no one had electricity. We didn't have electricity. We all had to negotiate life with a little kerosene lamp. But we promised after we had studied the language that we would return and help the people there. So we decided to come back to the States, get some skills to use not only in Africa, but also with the people here in America. And so we, we became doctors and lawyers. 30 years later, I went back, and to my painful shock and surprise, people were still negotiating life with these little kerosene lamps. So I went into the hotel that evening, and the waiter came up to me and asked me if he could help. And I talked to this young man, and uh, I explained to him that I was shocked that people still didn't have electricity in 2007 when we were taking electricity to the moon. And this young man said, ever since the president, Nyerere, had died, his policy of helping people at the bottom, a policy called Ujamaa, had also died, and that he wanted to change that. But this young man is with me today. He's Emmanuel Shandoi, and he and I then founded this nonprofit to address this major problem of an energy deficit. So I'd like for Mr. Shandoi to speak. Hey, welcome, Emmanuel. How you doing, brother? I'm doing well. Good morning. Go ahead. Tell us a little bit about yourself, because, you know, every time I hear Tanzania, you know, that kind of touches my heart because the former president. And let me see if I can get his name right. Jakaya, Jakaya Kiwete, Kiwete. There you go. Yeah. Go ahead, man. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I got to get one other thing out in my Swahili. 
Remember, I said this before. Nakumpenda sana. Wasabablo una pendeza. But that's for all the Swahili women out there. Go ahead. Absolutely. That's Swahili to be Swahili. Okay, my name is Manuel. I'm from Lushoto, Tanga, but I grow, uh, currently I live in Dar es Salaam, the capital city of Tanzania. Uh, I met with Sashaz Bona when I was a waiter at the New Africa Hotel. And uh, he was coming there as a guest. Uh, when I, I was just taking menu and want to save him, We've been having a discussion, and he told me that he'd been living in Tanzania in the 70s. And he said, why the country didn't change, especially in an in a, in a, in a electricity way? And then I say, I have similar idea to help people, and I, I want to help my people. And then it, we come up with the idea how to, how to help, how are we going to help? And then um, he said, I'm going back to America, but you give me some time, I'll come back. We need, we need to do something for our people, especially the people in the rural area. And then he came to America. We've been communicating back and forth. I was not expecting that he's going to come back again. As many people told me that I'm going, then I'm going to come back and help him. But now in 2010, he came back. When he came back, we set up a non-profit organization. It's registered under the law of the United Republic of Tanzania. After registration, he went back. He came back again to America. A few months later, he come back and he take money from his pocket, and uh, we select the area where there is no power, and we install we install solar electricity, buy his money from his pocket. We show him when we check the video, and since he saw that solar, since we saw that solar panel to that house, we did big changes of life to that family because right now they have access, but they have money to buy food and supporting children because they're becoming the newer to, to charge cell phones to the neighbors by charging them money. Man, I, I love that, Emmanuel. Can I chime in for a second? Because I want everybody to be able to see the video. What Emmanuel's talking about, Charles, will you give everybody that website that has the video so people can see that? See this and let their hearts be touched by this. Can you give us that uh, that website, Charles? Yes, website is www.bgcfund.org. So that's B as in bondages, G as in global, C as in charitable, and then fund, F-U-N-D dot org. So yes, please... Um, uh, contact us uh, at that uh, website. Go to the website and look. And you can also contact us at Bungie's Global Charitable Fund at 475 Gate 5 Road, Suite 212, Sausalito, California, 94965. And you can call me on my cell, 415-601-0268, or at my office, 415 415- Three three one three zero seven zero. So Emmanuel, Emmanuel, continue. So since 2010, uh, I've been staying in touch with uh, Mr. Charles Bona, and then he said, Emmanuel, you need to come to America. We need to raise money and, and go back and, and finish our goal. We want to try our, our level best. We know we cannot solarize the whole country. As you, as you, as you say, is we are 55 million people in our country. 85 percent 
65 million people, then the dark, they live without electricity. So we have a big job to, to, to make sure that we are going to help them. We know the government is trying to do something, but it will take time to reach those who are in, in the rural area. So that's why we say we want to do something. We want to help them. Then I mean, last year he say, I'm going to invite you next year to come to America, which is this year, 2017. And uh, I have been one month now here in America. We try to raise money. We try to talk to different people. And, and, you, and you're getting ready to come back because I heard from Charles that uh, UC Davis is going to give you a scholarship to come back and learn everything about solar energy. Is that true? Absolutely. Six-week scholarship so I can learn about installation and, uh, and, uh, and the to-market solar product, which is, is going to be very good for me. Man, well, we just we're just really happy about that. Now, Charles, I know you're leading this effort over here, and you got Emmanuel with you now. Uh, what type of ideas that you think you can actually execute to raise that funds, and what type of funds are you trying to raise, Charles? What amount? Yeah, we need a minimum of fifty thousand dollars between now and October, a minimum, and that will allow us to solarize four areas that are very critical. One, birthing centers. Right now, women are giving birth to these same little kerosene lamps. And, mm-hmm. of course, that's just very unhealthy for both mom and babe. Secondly, we want to solarize some schools so we can then deliver computers to the kids in the schools. So if anyone has, uh, has a used laptop that they're not using, please send those laptops to my office. We've already collected uh, five laptops now that Emmanuel will take back uh, to Tanzania with him. Uh, and so we, we need those. Uh, thirdly, we will solarize a water well. Right now, women, as Emmanuel said, they're carrying water on their heads. Uh, Sometimes they get uh, sexually assaulted going back and forth to the water well and along these roads. Uh, and so if we were to solarize these wells, and we will in October, not only would that provide clean drinking water to the people, but it will also allow... Uh, the water to be pumped out to the gardens and to the farms and irrigate these uh, these uh, areas uh, so that the people can grow food and also have a cottage industry. Uh, and also we want to solarize small homes. So those four areas, birthing centers, schools, small homes, and water wells, we need a minimum of $50,000 to do that in October. We will do that videotape those installations we would love for anyone to come with us and watch us install those and then we will come back and do the same thing in the next three months every three months our plan uh, is to go back to tanzania and to solarize one of these four areas birthing schools birthing centers rather uh, schools homes and water wells and incidentally these birthing centers are also small health clinics and then they, they primarily serve uh, women and so these are a very this is a very needed service. Uh, yeah, as Emmanuel said, we're talking about eighty five percent of fifty five million people. Way over forty million people are living totally in the dark, totally without electricity. Uh, and then we need people to help change this. Well, Charles, uh, man, you know we're committed at the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce to help you. And I'm hoping our listeners, when they hear this, uh, that they'll get committed too. And I know there's some bigger projects out here that's uh, talking about solar. So when we get off the air, I want you to talk to Carl Big Papa Welsh here. And, uh, but we're just thankful for you to come in today. We're almost out of time, Charles. Is there any parting remarks you want? we got like about 10 or 15 seconds. 
Yes, uh, we just want people to send their donations in any amount to solarize a birthing center. For example, it cost, will cost about uh, $5,000 because we need a large enough battery and a, at least a uh, 285-watt uh, panel. Uh, the battery is necessary to be that large because it has to power a refrigerator. Uh, we also need $3,000 to solarize a school and $1,000 to solarize a home. And also a water well, we need a $5,000 donation to solarize a water well. Wow. So, well, Charles... $1,000. Yeah, well, Charles, you know, we're going to wrap it up, but this is going to be out on our website. People can take a look at this and they can uh, review it when they want. This has been Silicon Valley Business Connections, where we keep you connected. Thank you, Charles. Thank you very much. Thank you all very much. This is Silicon Valley Business Connections with Carl Davis Jr., brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce. More information about today's show is available by going to the Chamber's website, blackchamber.com. Or call 408-288-8806. Now, back to Silicon Valley Business Connections. Welcome back to the uh, Silicon Valley Business Connection, or as we like to call it down here, the Carl and Carl Show. Uh, right now, we have on the phone a very good friend of mine, a guy that was a, he was a, a mentor of mine when I was uh, young and inexperienced. Uh, that was just a few years ago. Uh, uh, he Terry is a graduate of UC Berkeley. Uh, I, too, am a graduate of UC Berkeley. But Terry was my mentor, one of my mentors way back in the day, and I looked up to him greatly. Uh, Terry uh, has spent the majority of his career in technology, in telecommunications, uh, in areas working for companies such as Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Franklin Templeton Fund, PG&E, uh, and uh, First Republic Bank. In 2006, Terry and his wife decided to apply to open a Wingstop restaurant franchise and they opened their first restaurant in 2008 in San Jose. Following the opening of that restaurant, Terry and his wife partnered with another Wingstop owner to open a second restaurant in Daly City. Uh, that is a, 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 a fantastic thing. The name of their company is uh, Oak Hill Ventures, and Terry is on the line with us right now. Terry Blanchard, welcome to the uh, Silicon Valley Business Connection. Uh, thanks, Carl. Thanks. Glad to join. Thank you, man. Terry, Terry I, I, I meant what I said about you. when In college, you were one of the very intelligent, you were uh, uh, patriarchal, you were very patrician, you were strong and confident, and, and, that, and that was when we were 18, 19, 20 years old, and you've turned that into a, a tremendously successful professional career. Tell me a little bit, how, how, how is it working for uh, some of these like major corporations like Wells Fargo, PG&E? How, how do you like working for those companies? Uh, it was great. It was great. I mean, I started my career at, at Franklin Templeton Funds, and and they had a management trainee program that ended up, uh, you know, routing me through technology and telecommunications. And so I pretty much learned, um, you know, technology through Franklin Templeton Funds and got a great opportunity to become a supervisor and manager at a very young age, which, you know, leveraged that uh, experience uh, to, to work for larger companies such as Bank of America and, and Wells Fargo and, and telecommunications. So. Um, you know, and then, you know, essentially from there, leveraging kind of that experience in terms of technology and managing people and contracts and uh, managing outsourcing vendors in, in many ways, you have to use all of those skills uh, to run a small business. Right. And, uh, just kind of dovetailed uh, my technology experience uh, into the small business world. 
And so right now you own uh, some Wingstop restaurants, right, uh, uh, which are franchises, and you you owned two. Do you still own two, or do you or do you, or you manage you you are owning you own one right now? We we only own one. We we actually opened our first restaurant in San Jose in, in 2008. We subsequently sold the restaurant in 2015. So uh, and concentrating on the primary store, the most successful store that we have, which is in Daly City, California, which is right outside of uh, San Francisco. So um, the original goal was always to continue to work in technology as well as run a small business just to give us the uh, opportunity for kind of multiple streams of income and to, to be a, a plan B if, if anything you know, were to occur in terms of my you know, existing corporate careers. Now, how, how complicated was that uh, while, you was, while you were in the uh, uh, corporate world starting a a company like Wingstop, which is a franchise, is a worldwide franchise, right? And 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 I love I've been there many times, uh, I, 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 and I love the variety that you guys provide. So, how complicated was that? If people are interested in doing in, in doing that, trying to find a second stream of income, uh, something like something as large as a Wingstop, and in the community that you put it in. Well, it was it was it was a partnership, and and it was uh, you know it is a challenge when you when we're working. Luckily, you know, my wife did some of the formal training. Uh, back in Texas, where Wingstop is um, um, based, and essentially she went through a four-week, you know, took her vacation time, used that time to go through their four-week extensive, um, you know, training. I, you know, while she was doing that, I was working with the contractor who was building the store at the same time. So we both were still leveraging, you know, um, a lot of our experience and, and, and time. And so she just, you know, leveraged her time, vacation time to do the training. I leveraged the flexibility of my job, being able to do your job anywhere. And now, you know, with a PC and internet connection, you can be yeah. remote anywhere. Yeah. So I would be there, make sure I met the contractor, make sure I met any of the inspectors. And, and in essence, we got the store opened in October of 2008, which, if you remember, you know, it was, was yeah. pretty much a financial yeah. crisis at that time. So we did extremely well given the, the time period in which we opened. Now, now, um, are restaurants good businesses? You've, you've partnered with uh, multiple restaurants in the past eight to 10 years. So you, you got a lot of, you're very familiar and a lot of experience in, in working and, and managing and financing. Uh, and making them making them all successful. Are restaurants good businesses to have uh, uh, in good times and bad? Everyone's got to eat. Everyone has to eat. It, it is a difficult business. It is. It is, has been the hardest thing I've done in my entire career. It, it is the most uh, challenging uh, opportunity, and and that's what it is. It's an opportunity, but it is a a very difficult job because you are. Everyone does have to eat, but they also have a lot of choices. And I was just reading recently that, you know, I would say that maybe. In, Within the first year, one third of all restaurants in the United States fail. Wow. Within a couple of years, the other, you know, one third actually, you know, also fail. So, and then one third remain successful. And we were successful, and we we were open in San Jose for for at least six years, and we've been open in Daly City for six years, and we've been doing really well in both locations. Um, but it, they're very excellent. We've got good management. You know, you've got to continually manage the staff. But it is a very very difficult business. So. You know, I think the franchise aspect, especially for someone like myself and my wife, we didn't have restaurant experience prior to opening the first restaurant. Um, and so by, 
you know, opening with a, as a franchise, you get a lot of direction from the franchise company. Yeah, yeah that's, that's very good. beneficial. Yeah. Now you talked about the the, the support that you have uh, from the community, the, the the people that you work with. I know you do a lot of work in the community, and you work with a fantastic organiza- organization, the East Oakland Youth Development Center, the EOYDC. And I remember you telling me that uh, the kids that you get from there, you can always count on because because they come from the EOYDC, and that is a, that's a fantastic organization in the inner city that works with kids, more than 2,000 kids um, a year. Tell me a little bit about your stint as, as vice president uh, of the community board and uh, the work that you do at the EOYDC. Uh, it, it, it's a you know a personal commitment. Um, you know, my wife and I we we've, we've lived in Oakland now for nearly 30 years. After I got out of college and, and we got married and moved here, our, both our children were born in Oakland. So I'm, I'm committed to Oakland. It's a great city, and you know I wanted to get involved in the community. So I joined the the board of the East Oakland Youth Development Center. I've been involved for nearly eight to nine years, and over the last couple of years, I've been the vice president. And as you mentioned, you know, one of the things that uh, EOIDC, the East Oakland Youth Development Center, uh, encourages and helps students uh, apply and, and, you know, become successful in college and and go on to great careers, Um, and some of them stay in the area, and it just so happened that um, some of them, you know, went to San Francisco State University, which is very close to my store in Daly City, and so I was able to hire some knowing that they had very strong communication skills or responsible and so it was very, very successful. In, in addition, some went back east. Uh, they maybe attended historically black colleges. They would need, you know, jobs during the summer. And I was able to work with them to get them to work in, you know, one of the stores that we owned at the time. So it was, uh, it was a win-win for everybody. But I certainly wanted to make sure that, you know, we gave them uh, an opportunity to to make money, to develop their leadership skills, and it, it worked out really well for us. And did you find do you find that uh, working with uh, a franchise like like uh, Wingstop and the support that they give you for uh, Wingstop and then the support that you get from the community uh, from from working with kids as you do or working with a hundred black men in Silicon Valley, which you did, uh, does that all come together to help you to help you succeed in uh, at your store and with 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 your business or what is what is the one thing that may be that may stand out that helps you succeed uh, at at Wingstop? Well, yeah, uh, you get a lot of support from the from the franchise company, but but ultimately, I mean, you're the business owner, and and so you know, as I mentioned, uh, you know, we we've, we've been living in Oakland, but our territory, the territory that we could open uh, in our first store was in San Jose, and I, and I knew very little about San Jose, but I I basically enmeshed myself in in, in the community and. You know, it just so happened one of the customers, uh, gentleman came in who, you know, had a license plate that said 100 Black Men of Silicon Valley, and it was a slow day. I started talking to him. <laughs> I started understanding a lot about the organization, and I, I joined the organization. And, and so you have to really, I always tell people, you know, you'll read, you'll read business books, and they'll say, join the, the Chamber of Commerce. It's not about joining the Chamber of Commerce. It's not about joining the 100 black men of Silicon Valley, it's about participating. Yeah. You know, if you're going to join the, the Chamber of Commerce and, and not go to the meetings, not go to uh, some of the uh, joint sessions to meet other business owners, you've got to become part of that community. You've got to, you know, you got to get people to start thinking of, it's not a, a Wingstop restaurant, it's Terry's restaurant. And, and that's what we tried to do. Mm-hmm. You know, wherever we are, whatever we do, you know, we have a store in Daly City, we support 
uh, some of the student organizations at San Francisco State. You know how it was when we were yeah. at UC Berkeley, and we had to, you know, borrow, you know, uh, juice from McDonald's for our, <laughs> our parties and things like that. Well, I knew what those kids were, you know, I, I yeah. knew what the position they were in, and so now I'm in a position to help them. So yeah, I help okay. students at San Jose State host events for high school students who are looking to go to college at San Jose State, you know, providing the food, you know, for their party and for the kids. Uh, and, and in return, I developed a long-term relationship with a young man out of San Francisco State in which, yeah. you know, I'm acting kind of in a mentoring role again. So, uh, it, it's a lot of that. You you got to be part of the community, and, and then the community then supports you back. And yeah, I good. think that's that's key. Good. Uh, I, I'm very proud of the success that you've had, uh, both in the corporate world uh, and with your franchise work over at, at Wingstop, uh, Terry. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I want to uh, I, I want to tell you how proud I am of Terry, and want everyone to know that uh, Terry. Where's your store in Daly City, real quick? It's uh, at the Westlake Shopping Center, uh, 227 Lake Merced Boulevard. So it's uh, right next to San Francisco, the very first exit. Okay. So you can swing by anytime between 11 and midnight. And we'll have information up on the website on uh, blackchamber.com. Terry Blanchard, thank you very much. I love the name. One of my best horn players of all time, same name. Uh, Terry, thank you for coming on uh, to the Carl and Carl Show, and we hope to see you real soon. Okay, thank you. All right, buddy. Appreciate take care. Okay, bye-bye. You've been listening to Silicon Valley Business Connections with Carl Davis Jr. and brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce. More information about today's show is available by going to the Chamber's website, blackchamber.com. That's blackchamber.com. Or call 408-288-8806. That's 408-288-8806. Copies of our podcast are available online at blackchamber.com. If you would like to know more about a specific guest or make recommendations for upcoming guests and topics, email info at blackchamber.com. Keeping you connected. Silicon Valley Business Connections. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.